the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry Hi there and welcome to The Property Pod. My name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show, we gain insider insights from leading executives, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs in South Africa's expansive property industry. We are looking at the residential property market again. Yes, the spike in interest rates is putting pressure on the market, but there are subsectors of the market and regions or locales in the country that are still performing well. Which are these areas and sectors? What's contributing to their better performance and where can we perhaps see the next boom? Is it Cape Town versus Johannesburg or are there other regions to watch? On the latest Property Pod, South Africa's premier property investor podcast, I'm speaking with Chris Tyson, founder of one of the fastest growing real estate agency groups in the country. Tyson Properties. Welcome to the Property Pod, Chris. Thank you, Siren. Thank you for for having me. You have the questions there. What are your thoughts? Just joking, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know it's a mouthful, but uh, we keep hearing about semigration, especially to the Western Cape and Cape Town. Is the Cape Republic only where it's at in terms of residential property at the moment? Uh, no, Siren. So um, Cape Town and the Western Cape Towns like Pittenberg Bay, Nisner, Mossel Bay are all extremely popular areas. Um, it's what we recall, we refer to as a hot spot. But by no means is it the only areas in South Africa that are doing well at the moment. If you look, for instance, at the north coast of KwaZulu-Natal, um, we have Belitos, uh, very much a hot spot at the moment. The once coastal town uh, is now a buzz with shopping centers and private schools and development, while still giving the local feel of a coastal town. It's also become an area of choice for working um, in Johannesburg and living on the coast. Airport's only a 15-minute drive away and a quick flight. Um, as a regular traveler on a Monday and Friday myself to Johannesburg, I see the same faces every Monday morning. You are a semigrant yourself then? I am, I am to a certain degree. I spend most of my time working Monday to Friday in Johannesburg. Um, and yeah, it's something you get used to. So my family lives in KZN um, and we enjoy the lifestyle here. And um, yeah, I work in Johannesburg Monday to Friday and it all works quite well. On Joburg, what's happening here? I know it's quite a broad question, but Gauteng is still the economic hub and the most populous province from census data. Uh, do you have some insights to share from the performance of Gauteng? Yes. So if we look at Gauteng and Joburg in particular, um, yes, it's very much still SA's economic hub. Um, but whilst market conditions in Joburg remain under pressure, and that's largely because of interest rates, job security, load shedding, water infrastructure issues, etc., um, there's still a lot of deals being done. Unfortunately, it's our entry-level market in Johannesburg that has come under pressure. Um, a lot of young people are opting to rather rent and buy at the moment due to interest rates. I was going to ask that in a separate question in terms of subsector performance, but your company started off in KZN. I know you highlighted Belito uh, and that boom area. 
Uh, how is KZN more broadly doing, especially post the riots? I know it's been a, a few years since the riots, but the floods as well. So it seems like it's a triple whammy as opposed to just, uh, you know, the COVID hit nationally. You know, Serin, um, it always amazes me the resilience of the KZN people and how quickly they seem to bounce back. Um, also, the KZN property market is probably one of the most stable in the country. Um, even when the property market does dip, we see that KZN is often not affected um, like the other areas are. The province also has a lot to offer and property prices are still a lot more affordable than other areas in South Africa. This, coupled with great weather, infrastructure, etc., cetera, um, provides a very, very stable market. So I believe that uh, as a case that in born and bred, um, it's a great market to invest in, and it's uh, certainly bounced back very, very strongly. You talked about Belito, but where else is there, uh, you know, like an apt amount of interest? Because I know certain areas like Mount Tijkom that were closer to, um, you know, some of the riot hotspots were affected based on FNB stats. We had actually had a story about a year ago, I think, talking about lower sentiment. Has that all evaporated now? I think there's a sentiment from the riots uh, has, um, well, it played an effect for a while, but I certainly don't see it playing an effect from the, on the long term. Um, I currently am, my home is in Mount Edgecombe, um, and certainly um, uh, don't even consider the riots as anything to worry about um, from what happened um, when they did happen. Um, so also KZN, we're seeing a whole resurgence in the whole Midlands area, Nottingham Road, etc. Um, there's a KZN is doing exceptionally well as almost um, a, not only a second home, but a relocation destination um, as opposed to Cape Town, um, especially with Cape Town prices being as high as what they are at the moment. Well, I generally don't go into politics, but I think that Midlands area is probably <laughs> benefiting from the Papas factor there, but we won't go into that. Uh, following on your comments from a KZN perspective, I see the group is even uh, represented in the Eastern Cape now. Uh, perhaps this is an ideal time for you to talk a little bit about this move and how the group has grown into a national player over the last decade or two. Um, so, yes, um, I can still remember um, agonizing eight years ago about whether we should push the company national or not. Um, we had 18 offices in KZN at the time and were ex um, exceptionally well covered. So we decided that if we were going to go and do it and we were going to push national, that we would do it in a big way. And we actually opened Cape Town and Johannesburg simultaneously. We now have six offices in, in Gauteng and seven offices in the Western Cape with a staff complement of about 450 um, staff members, which is double the size it was eight years ago when we pushed national. I'm not going to say it was all easy, mm. <laughs> but it certainly was. Uh, Especially in the market. <laughs> exactly, but it certainly was. It is beneficial when I look back on it. Okay, quite significant growth there. So how many offers do you have nationally now, roughly? And that element around Eastern Cape, uh, because I see it's, there's a few ads on your site with Eastern Cape properties. 
Yes, so we opened in um, uh, East London recently, um, must be almost a year ago now, um, and it is part of our plan to expand into other areas. So we've traditionally just been in Gauteng, Western Cape, and, and KwaZulu-Natal, and we've done exceptionally well in those areas, and we feel it's now time, and the timing is right for us to, to move into other um, areas of the country. Back to the residential insights side of the interview. Besides regions, you talked about the lower market uh, struggling a little bit where people are renting as opposed to buying. But what are the subsectors of the residential property market that are doing better? Um, and perhaps you want to share some insights uh, around that and interest rates. You know, the interest rates. So, um, interest rates have played a big part in um, the market over the last uh, year, year and a half. Um, some areas have actually dropped by forty-six percent, uh, which is substantial. We're still finding that where we have um, properties that are located in areas that offer good lifestyle, affordability, security, convenience, good schooling, they all remain popular and they're all still doing very, very well. So even with it being much lower than what it was, we're finding that if an area actually supports most of what people are looking for, um, they will still do very, very well. And Belito that I used as an example earlier is a prime example of that. And then in terms of like brackets, uh, as it were, in terms of subsectors, where is it okay for the time being and which is the hardest hit well, to entry-level market, that's been the hardest hit. Um, so it's your first-time home buyers, etc. Funnily enough, we're actually finding the three and a half million rand and above market is actually quite stable at the moment in all areas. It's really your lower end of the market and your sort of uh, emerging market um, that's been the worst affected, and it's purely because of interest rates. And talking about that market and the benefit. Uh, you know, to the rental market. You've mentioned it, but I was going to say I'm I'm quite sure the space is actually picking up quite a bit, considering more demand for rental as opposed to people buying in this high interest rate environment. You're 100% correct. So if we look at our rental portfolio, and we do focus a lot on rentals um, in most areas, uh, and if I use Johannesburg as an example, we've more than tripled our rental portfolio over the last two years. Joburg has more people, believe it or not, moving to Johannesburg every year than any other area in South Africa. So it's a massive, massive market, and it's a lot of entry-level market. Finding that young professional people are looking for properties to to rent instead of buying at the moment. And the main contributing factor of that is that young people want to move from one company to another to fast track their careers. And they don't want to be tied down to an area at the moment. They want that flexibility of having to being able to work closer to home. Thanks for that insight, Chris. I'm not going to delve too much on interest rate predictions, especially with the next uh, interest rate decision coming up later this month. But uh, where are your expectations in terms of when the rates are expected to drop? Because there is an expectation sometime next year. When do you expect this? And uh, when could we talk about a residential property boom? Is that too far-fetched to think about right now? (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe. I'm going to answer the first. So I know you're not asking me for an opinion on the interest rate, but I'm going to predict that it will remain unchanged. I do believe that we've reached <clears throat> the top end of the interest rate cycle for now. And I do agree with you that we will see interest rates start decreasing from the beginning of next year. In saying that, I don't want to give the expectation that interest rates will fall um, to post-COVID levels. They might come down 1% or 2% next year, and then they'll probably sit at that level for some time, as, it, as they did in the past. Um, as far as the property boom goes, I don't think we will see a boom for a long time yet, um, but market conditions will improve based on supply and demand. Next year is an election year. And historically, nothing much happens with regard to the property market in an election year. But we are expecting the market to continuously improve from the first quarter of 2025. And just to conclude, I thought I'd ask this. Any further comment from a growth perspective, from uh, Tyson's perspective, you know, considering how you've grown and to compete with, with some of the national and you are a national brand now, but even with the international uh, real estate companies? Look, so, I mean, we've always managed to um, compete well against the other brands. We've managed to compete well against international brands as well. Um, we've been very strategic about how we've grown the company. Um, we've been careful not to grow too fast, that we cannot um deliver on the expectations of our client base. Um, but we are certainly in a very, very strong position right now to actually grow exponentially and become uh, a complete market leader um, and compete with the big boys, so to speak. Um, so all our foundations have been laid and we just need to now capitalize on making sure that we grow in the right direction with the right people on board. Thanks for that, Chris. So it'll be a company to watch. Uh, we will have to leave it there. That was Chris Tyson, the founder and chairman of Tyson Properties. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. Pod. Pod.